Good morning and welcome to the Phelps Health Ask the Professionals show. And after a long hiatus, I am co-hosting today. Summer Overshawn is back in the studio. Uh, go ahead, scream a little. Yeah. No! <laughs> Lee's a little excited. Uh, yeah, Only yeah, yeah. a little. Only <laughs> a little. But I do have a lovely co-host with me today. Kayla, please introduce yourself. Good morning, everyone. I'm Kayla Marsala. You're pretty used to hearing my voice these days. And we are having on our program today, Julie McRae. Um, Julie McRae, you are a first-timer as well. I sure am. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. But we're excited to have you. Um I know Julie already, so this is going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to make it. I have a 100% survival rate. I promise. Okay. okay. <laughs> so Julie is the lead mammographer at the Phelps Health Comprehensive Breast Center. And before we get started with the program, since you are new to the program, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up at Phelps Health and why you chose healthcare? Sure. Um, I knew um, in high school, I actually had a knee surgery and I went through a lot of therapy and stuff. I knew then that I thought healthcare was where I wanted to go. I um, thought pretty hard about different things. I chose imaging because um, I thought the technology was neat, um, always changing, lots of different modalities to specialize in. So that's what made me choose radiology. Um, I graduated radiology school in 2006, was trained in mammography, took my boards in 2007. So I um, have a lot of background, quite a few years in mammography. I've gone on to do some different things in between there, but um, I married a Dixon guy and um, I chose Phelps Health because in the area, um, it's the leading healthcare system. And um, I've been in the Comprehensive Breast Center since 2015. And then um, earlier this year in January, I took over the lead mammographer job when um, Sherry retired after many years with us and so yeah that's what made me go into healthcare and choose Phelps Health. Very nice and we're so glad to have you and I saw Lee you gave me the side eye when you found out she married a Dixon guy. Um, yeah hello Matt. Hello Matt we know you're listening. <laughs> Um, Dixon guys, pretty good. They're not bad. Not At least bad. the two we have are. Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about breast cancer, which is in honor, of course, of October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Just to get us started, Julie, why is breast cancer awareness so important? Um, well, I mean, the numbers of breast cancers in women are high, and um, you know, it is the second leading cause of cancer deaths in women. So I think as women and just, you know, in any healthcare screenings, um, we need to be aware of breast cancer and, um, you know, come in for your yearly screening mammograms is very important. So the statistics for getting breast cancer with women are pretty high. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So one in eight women will, you know, um, be diagnosed with breast cancer at some point. And also, um, according to a study that was done in 2021, about 30% of newly diagnosed cancers in women will be breast cancer. So is there a certain prevalence of age? Does it tend to increase as you get older? Um, but also, it seems like anymore we're seeing younger and younger women who are finding out they have it at a young age. Sure. So, I mean, they're still saying the median age is about 62 for the average. Um, so yes, the numbers are higher in women, you know, 60 plus, but um, 
you are correct. I mean, we are diagnosing women in their 30s, early 40s, but they say that women under 45, that is still, you know, the lower end of the numbers. But, you know, unfortunately, we are, we are seeing that. So what do you, and I've, I've asked this question before on the program, but I always like to talk about it a little bit because I think it's interesting. Do you think that the reason that we're seeing more and diagnosing more at a younger age is because we do have better technology now? I, do you think that's part of it or do you think it's more environmental or other factors that we just aren't aware of? That's a good question. And I, it's hard to answer, you know, for 100%, but definitely with technology, I mean, we are finding cancers. I think we're seeing things way sooner than, you know, with the past technology, but I happen to agree with you. I think on a hormonal level, you know, or, you know, what's in our foods, mm -hmm. things, it does make you question, you know, why we're seeing an increase in that. Right. So could you tell us what some of the common types of breast cancer are? Sure, so about 70 to 80% of breast cancers are ductal carcinomas. Um, most common one is um, DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ. Um, that is gonna be a very early stage breast cancer, non-invasive, usually, I mean, some will even call it a precancerous, you know, stage zero or a stage one, very easily treatable. Um, and then you have your invasive ductal carcinoma, which mm -hmm. the invasive is, you know, just like it sounds, it means it's infiltrated that surrounding tissue around that. So when it's invasive, does that mean that it can go to different parts of your body as well? It sure can, um, most definitely, you know, just depending on, um, you know, ideally if you're coming in for your yearly screenings, we're hoping that, you know, we would find that before it would, you know, go, but it can absolutely get in your blood or your lymphatic system, lymph nodes, and, you know, metastasize. And that's kind of how you determine what stage it's in, is that correct? Correct, yeah. I mean, when we do a pathology, um, there's a lot of things that they're going to check, you know, on uh, hormonal levels, you know, is it estrogen driven, progesterone driven, um, you know, things like that. But most definitely um, that is, is how it's going to be staged. So what are some of those things that women can do to help them before the cancer, you know, may become invasive or before it even how can they find it before it's even there kind of thing? Sure. So, I mean, most definitely screening mammograms is the number one way to be able to catch those cancers early. I mean, if you're coming every year, the chance of, um, you know, a cancer being found in stage two or higher are extremely rare. You know, um, most people that we have that, you know, found a lump and then come in and you know it's stage three or whatever those people usually haven't had a mammogram for usually a couple if not you know five years you know much longer mm -hmm. so I mean most definitely um, breast exams are another way becoming comfortable with your breasts checking for any changes even visual changes um, you know to your skin nipple inversion, things like that, are all things to look for when you do a breast exam. It's not just feeling, you know, and definitely looking at the breast as well. So are there certain risk factors that predetermine your, that you have a higher risk? Or is it just if you're a woman, you just kind of have a risk well, factor I mean, to boot. Obviously, yeah. number one risk right. factor for breast cancer is being a woman. I mean, <laughs> men, you know, are diagnosed very rare. So yeah, number one risk factor is gonna be that you're a woman. 
Number two, we already kind of touched touch base on this, is age, mm -hmm. which like we said, right. typically over 60, but you know, doesn't mean that if you're under that, you know, that that's not possible. Um, also, you know, genetics anymore. The genetic testing is coming, becoming more readily available. You know, if you test positive for, positive for BRCA1 or 2, you know, there's a lot of other genes. Um, obviously, your chances are going to be significantly higher. Um, another one is the family history, even if you haven't had the genetic testing, you know, if you have first degree relatives that have had the breast cancer, that can increase your risk. Um, last one's going to be if you personally have had breast cancer, then obviously you're going to be at a higher risk for a reoccurrence. Can you kind of explain to us what those BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes are? So basically that's going to be a genetic factor that, um, you know, so let's say your mother, your grandmother, your maternal aunt had mm -hmm. breast cancer, that's going to be a genetic um, mutation that you as the female carry that mm -hmm. you were given, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, genetic testing is becoming more readily available. I know it's something that in the Breast Center we've um, had a few presentations with some different companies about possibly offering that to our patients. Um, it's a simple saliva test that can be sent in. and. Um, you know, offers you, you know, that information and then take with it. There's different recommendations, you know, if you were to test positive, you know, what needs to be done from there and things that you can discuss with your doctor. So hopefully in the future that will be a technology that maybe we will be offering at the breast center. Yeah, that would be awesome. So if you have had breast cancer before, you said obviously that you have a greater chance of getting it again. Mm -hmm. So is it still recommended just to do the yearlies if you've had it before? Is that still enough time? So what um, Dr. Hedgepath, he's our lead radiologist um, in the breast center, what his recommendation is um, that we're going to screen you every six months for the first two years. So basically um, at your yearly mark, we would do both breasts, but then at that six month point, then we are only going to do, like if you had right breast cancer, we're only going to do that mm -hmm. right breast. So talking about, um, this is kind of a personal question, I'm going rogue here. Kayla. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> can you get breast cancer in both of your breasts or is it more commonly just one or the other? It's more common in one or the other. Okay. Um, there are breast cancers, um, invasive breast cancer that, you know, can be found in both, but those are going to be your very aggressive, more rare breast cancers, not ones that you get, you know, uh, typically diagnosed, I should say. Okay. okay. So you kind of talked before about getting comfortable with your breasts, doing those breast self-exams. What are some of those things that you're looking for, like some of those changes? So um, obviously to feel your breasts, you're looking for any hard um, knots, lumps, any skin thickening. Um, you're looking for any swelling or redness in the breast. Um, change in the breast size, you know, once again, mm -hmm. we go with the swelling, a change in the shape, like any dimpling in the skin or kind of puckering. Um, even um, the nipple, like I talked about, kind of the inverting of the nipple. I, I am going to say some ladies have more inverted nipples than others, and that's what, the way they've been their whole life. You're looking mm -hmm. for changes here. Right. So, so it's, again, going back to know what your, what is, know what looks normal. Normal for yes. you. Yeah. So um, the nipple inversion, especially on <clears throat> just the one side, you know, can be um, something to look for. Any kind of itchy or scaly rash around the nipple sometimes is another one. Um, 
And the last one would be uh, discharge from the nipple. And that's something that, um, you know, typically would be something, a new onset, mm -hmm. you know, nothing that you've ever had before. So we talked a lot about mammograms, but can you tell us what a mammogram actually is? So a mammogram is a low-dose x-ray um, that allows the radiologist to look in the breast tissue and checking for any changes. Um, we offer screening mammograms. I mean, that's predominantly what we do, and those are for ladies who basically are coming in because this is just their yearly checkup. They're mm -hmm. not presenting with any symptoms. Um, we offer diagnostic mammograms, and those are gonna be for people who um, are experiencing some of those problems, those symptoms that we discussed just a second ago, or also people who um, you know, have the history of breast cancer, mm -hmm. so we're kind of following that up. So talking about screening mammograms, what is Phelps Health doing in honor of Breast Can Cancer Awareness Month? Because I know that has something to do with the screening mammograms. Sure. So um, last week, one of the big things we offer that I think is a great service, um, we did 50 free mammograms. We mm -hmm. have a, a fund through our foundation that we offer those to uninsured ladies. Um, and like I said, just a great service for uh, ways for ladies to still stay up on their breast health, but you know maybe can't afford that. Mm -hmm. um, we do little giveaways every year. This year we have a little nail kit that we're giving away with the clippers mm -hmm. and everything. We just try to um, do a lot of breast cancer awareness things in the community mm -hmm. um, we're hoping next year to be able to do an event we've kind of taken a break from doing anything mm -hmm. because of COVID but hopefully next year we're hoping to bring back some of those things that we've done in the past yes so you mentioned the free mammograms mm -hmm. and I know that that's already over for this year but if somebody wants to get one maybe next year so they can kind of get a head start how do they get on the schedule to get one of those free mammograms yeah so um, definitely I would say contact our centralized scheduling department those ladies take care of us and um, even if we don't have the date specifically set up I think they have a list that they could take your name and number mm -hmm. and so once it comes closer next time and we have that date specifically set they could call you back and get you set up for that so typically in the past the 2d mammogram has been the gold standard but now we have the capability to do the 3d what is the difference and what is the benefit of having a 3d mammogram so basically what the 3D is, it's based on tomosynthesis technology. It's taking one millimeter slices of the breast. Um, this technology has been around for quite a few years and utilized in other imaging areas, CAT scan, MRI, things like that. Um, but basically, like I said, one millimeter slices of the breast. So just depending on your size and thickness, it's gonna take anywhere from let's say 30 to 100 slices. And so then the radiologist, we still get the 2D image that we've always done, but then they're gonna start at the top of the skin line of the breast, be able to go through all those slices, get all the way down to the bottom. And um, it's just, it's showing us things that, you know, maybe on that 2D image, you're like, mm, maybe that's something, you know, but it looks just more like natural breast tissue, you know, but when you can actually separate that tissue and scroll through those images, uh, we're just seeing things that we've never seen before. It's great technology. When we talk about dense breasts, what does that mean? If, if you get a letter in the mail and you're like, you've had a mammogram and then you get something that's saying you have dense breast tissue, what does that mean? So breast tissue is classified into two separate types. Um, people don't like when you call this, but fatty tissue 
or dense tissue. Um, a lot of times as we are younger, you know, when we're younger, you have more dense tissue and then as we age, it becomes more fatty, but um, not always the case. I mean, I have ladies that are, you know, are in their 80s and their breast tissue is still very dense. So everybody's, you know, makeup is different, but basically when you have fatty tissue, it's typically really easy to see, you know, it would be a lot e harder for a cancer to get hidden in that tissue because mm -hmm. it's just it's very easy to see through whereas when you have dense breast tissue sometimes um, you know cancers can hide and it's not always easy to see but definitely with our 3d technology now I feel like it's a game-changer as far as that goes and we're really being able to see things like I said that um, you know mm -hmm. before the, just the technology didn't allow mm -hmm. for it so do women need a referral from their primary care physician to get a screening at the Phelps Health Breast Center? So we do not actually have to have a doctor's order. It's a self-referral thing. However, we do have to have um, a physician, a PCP or um, GYN doctor, somebody for the results to go to. Mm -hmm. And that is just simply because if we would find anything and you need to further go through tests, you need a doctor that can be consulting and putting in those orders on that. So even outside the yearly one that you would get, even if, you know, say you find a lump or you see a change, you can just come into the breast center and know you don't need a referral? So that is, that's the way for screenings. Okay. For diagnostics though, when you do have some sort of symptom, um, you do need to have a doctor's orders. Okay. Um, some providers like to do breast exams themselves and they'll make notes, you know, on that order of exactly where they're feeling and things like that. And so, yes, for if you're having any sort of problem, you do need to contact the doctor's office and they'll either see you or they can put in the order for the, and get you on the schedule for that. So when should women start getting screened? Because I've heard a lot of back and forth about age and yeah. what is the right age? So there is a lot of different opinions. Um, I think across the board, 40 is basically where everybody recommends. Um, however, there are some studies that say, you know, if you had a mother who had breast cancer at a young age, you know, say in early 40s, maybe even late 30s, then maybe you should start screening earlier. Um, typically, they say five years earlier than what that first degree relative had. So, you know, if your mother started, had her breast cancer at 40, and then they would recommend you to start at 35. Um, there are people, physicians, that put in screenings for 35-year-olds um, just because they do have so many relatives, not necessarily that they were young, but just a strong family history, and that's acceptable too. Um, but typically for just anyone at average risk, 40 years old. So early detection is so important. You've kind of touched on this, but I want us to talk about that again because the outcomes at early detection are, are fairly optimal. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Like I said, um, DCIS is a very invasive cancer. We find that a lot on yearly screening mammograms. And um, like I said, that's very invasive. It hasn't spread to that other tissue. Um, most of the time, we're gonna do that needle biopsy to determine that, you know, is a definite cancer diagnosis. And then they're gonna do a small lumpectomy and just remove that little bit of surrounding tissue. And that's just more to be on the safe side than anything else. And um, a lot of those patients, you know, don't even have to go through any other treatments, but at minimum, you know, radiation, and that would be it, you know. There are some different hormonal um, drugs that they can utilize too, 
and uh, you know just depending on the specific diagnosis and pathology reports but definitely um, very easily treatable cancers typically. So we've talked a lot about um, performing a self breast exam. How can women do that and how often should they do that? So typically we recommend that you do that once a month. Um, you know, some women like to say on the first of every month, you know, because that's just kind of easy to remember. You're switching over the month. Mm -hmm. um, you would do that, and some women do it while they're in the shower, and that's acceptable too. And then they can look in the mirror, you know, when they get out and um, look for any of those visible changes. Um, but it, basically, once a month, I wouldn't recommend doing it any more than that. Um, I do think you can get to where you do it too often and worry too much but ideally you just want to be get comfortable with how you are made up mm -hmm. and um, once a month is basically what we would recommend. So if a woman comes in to have a mammogram mm -hmm. and maybe it's a screening mammogram the first time or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. and there looks like there may be a potential problem what is what are the next steps and what does that look like? So we've done the mammogram, mm -hmm. and then the radiologist will take a look at it. If he sees something that he wants to call him back, um, typically he's either going to recommend some additional views in the mammogram room, or every once in a while they'll send them straight to ultrasound. Sometimes it'll be a recommendation of both. It's just depending on what or you know what he sees, basically. So, but that will all be in his report. What he wants her to return for, um, we do mail results letters, and it's going to say that exactly and so basically once you receive that result you need to contact your doctor's office because once again that's going to be a diagnostic mammogram or the ultrasound and we'll have to have a referral you know an order from the provider for that and then um, we'll get you set back up on the schedule and when you do come back for that um, Typically, the radiologist, once he reviews whatever it was that he wanted done, he will most likely come in and talk with you. Uh, you know, every once in a while, the schedule doesn't allow for it, but he likes to talk with our patients and kind of go over what he sees and what he thinks. So the nice thing is, is when you come back, you're going to have an idea if we think this area was nothing, you know, totally benign, or if we think it needs to be biopsied, um, somebody's going to go over that with you too. And the biopsies are done in the Comprehensive Breast Center as well, correct? Absolutely, yeah. We do um, ultrasound-guided biopsies as well as the stereotactic biopsies, which is um, a fancy machine that we have that basically uses mammograms and you're laying on a table um, for that as well. Mm -hmm. So does Phelps Health offer any kind of financial assistance for mammograms? So the foundation, like we talked about a minute ago, they do the 50 free mammograms a year. I know also um, we have had some patients come to us and say, hey, I'm self-pay, you know, this is really going to, but I'm, you know, I have this going on. And I know um, my coordinator in the Breast Center, Tiffany, works with the foundation and um, they have, you know, helped with others as well outside of the 50 free mammograms. It just depends on um, the funds in that account. So on the other programs that I've been on, and I, I've done the Breast Cancer Awareness Month programs mm -hmm. before. So one of the things that I always like to end the program with, or when we're getting close to ending, mm -hmm. is just talking a little bit about not letting fear hinder your health. What would you say to women who are afraid to come in and do this? I would say predominantly 
I ha the women that I have had that said, you know, I've been putting this off or I haven't done this in years, they say this is, uh, this wasn't near as bad as it, you know, as I feared, you know, and with the technology, like I said, we're able to get great pictures, but not only are we able to get great pictures, we can do that without compressing near what we used to. And um, I mean, I have a great group of girls that's working with me. All of our technologists are very friendly, very welcoming. We will do everything we can to make you feel as comfortable as possible. And like I said, it's a pretty quick procedure for pictures. You're usually in and out of there in about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, really, like I said, most people say it's not as bad as they expected. So hopefully that would be the case with, with any of these ladies too. But they, the technology has really come right. a long ways. Yeah. I, I think sometimes we get something in our mind that ma we make it a lot worse than it, yes. it is in actuality. Yes. So if you are due to have a mammogram or your mother or your friend or your sister or your grandma, reach out to them, go do it together. Absolutely. Just make sure that you're looking out for each other because this really is so important and it does save lives. Uh, totally, 100% agree with that. Uh, well, what a great way to end the show. Today we have been speaking with Julie McRae, the lead mammographer at Phelps Health. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, if you've missed part of the show or if you would like to listen, again, listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.